Welcome to the Get Under Podcast. Today we have Cheryl from Pug Rescue. I'm very excited to talk about pugs. Um, I'm, I've been quite a dog lover my whole life. So I guess like I like to sort of go from the beginning or in almost a chronological order. So where did your initial love for pugs come from? So I've just always loved flat-faced dogs. It doesn't mean I don't love any other animal, but if it has a flat face, I, I just love it. <laughs> and I remember quite a few Quite a few years ago, I picked up this pug puppy and one day I said, one day I want to have a hundred of you running around my home. <laughs> and unfortunately the universe was listening that day and I got what I wished for. So I have in excess of a hundred of them running around my husband and my home at the moment. That's insane. My girlfriend keeps talking about how she wants a hundred cats and I'm trying to believe that. So if the, the universe might just be listening to her, eh? <laughs> be careful what you wish for because you might get it. No, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But where did it, um, where did it sort of turn into pug rescue or did it start off as just you sort of? So what happened is my husband and I owned pugs and then one day I had a business at the time and my sales manager and I, it was a cold winter's evening. We, at the end of the day, we were walking towards the cars and uh, just catching up on what happened during the day and she said to me oh by the way there is a pug at my daughter's aftercare he's been there a few days nobody knows who he belongs to and the children are feeding him their sandwiches so i said well if he's still there when you're going to fetch your daughter up now pick your daughter up please take him to your house and we'll come and collect him and he was there we collected him and we found the owners but the owners just never came to fetch him oh, no. and we had then at that stage and um, we had six of our own pugs yeah. and um, I then contacted the pug club of Hateng and asked them if they offered a rescue service which they said they did so we then took him to the pug club all the way home I cried because I felt like I'd rejected him <laughs> and um, it took another week when eventually I used to follow up on him every day and a week later we got the owners to in fact surrender him and say we're unable to care for him and he then went up for adoption mm. and my sales manager and I were happening to catch up again on one day she said oh, by the way what happened to the pug and I said that um, well he's now been surrendered and she said are you adopting him and I said I've already got six pugs she says so what's one more <laughs> so so we adopted him and his name was Scooby and that is then the pug club asked us whether we would um, be willing to take over the rescue side of the club and I said look as much as I would love to my husband and I both have quite demanding businesses mm. and to try and fit that in and they said look it's only about 20 pugs a year so I chatted with my husband and he said well I'm sure we can do another 20 pugs a year you know getting them in and out so I agreed to it and the first year was 60 pugs yeah. And now we're averaging about 240, 250 a year. That's so we insane. had to make some big changes to get Pug Rescue to where it is now. And is, is Pug Rescue run out of your property? So what happened is that um, we had one of those homes where you know the property was this big, but the house was that big. Yeah. And when we had 19 pugs running around, we realized that we either had to stop doing it or we had to move. So after lots of discussions and debates and looking around at property, we decided that the pugs win. So we're going to continue doing this, but we have to move. So we bought um, a piece of property in an agricultural holding, mm. and we secured the property, and then still going, umming and ahhing how we're going to go about this. And then the, we decided to put our home up for sale, and it sold really quickly. 
And then it was a case of now, where do we go with 19 pugs? Because this property still had to be developed. Yeah. So what we did is we took like this major leap of faith and we uh, sold the house and then rented a trailer home and moved the trailer home onto the property and did makeshift, makeshift living for the pugs. We lived in a trailer home, put all our furniture in storage. And that is how Pug Rescue got to where it is now. So, That's insane. That's so some the, serious dedication. So, yeah, so this year we've been living on the property for 11 years and we're very proud of the sanctuary and sort of a home away from home that we've created for for pugs in need. Mm. And when we say pugs, there are non-pugs running around as well. I was so, going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so as much as it's for pugs, if a pug comes with a Maltese or whatever else, or a Pekingese or whatever else it comes with, obviously we can't take large breed dogs in because we're not set up for large breed dogs. Yeah. Um, if it comes with another doggy, we will do our utmost to accommodate that doggy as well. So about so during throughout the year, about fifteen percent of the doggies that we've rescued are are not pugs. Mm. So where do where do the dogs come from generally? So it's a combination of um, a lot of people will think that these um, that these rescues in our care have been abused. So we have had very neglected pugs come into our mm. care, seriously neglected, very very few abused. So the reason why they get surrendered to us is just lifestyles that change. Um, you have deaths, uh, people, we had a lot of immigration obviously because of the situation in our country, a lot of people have left are leaving, so a lot mm. of them are not taking their animals with them. Um, financial situations where uh, people are having to downscale, especially now with the COVID that we've been living through, people have had to downscale. So you've seen an people, increase since COVID? We, we have, and people that have lost their jobs, having to move in with family, mm. having to completely downscale. Um, so, divorces. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Had a baby, having a baby, and um, don't realize what it entails to have a pug. They don't do their their research on the breed, and then suddenly go, oh, this pug sheds so much hair. I can't deal with the hair, and it's like we should have done your homework before the time. But the pug's very welcome to come to us. Mm. So at the moment, the the big intakes we've had a few deaths, not COVID deaths. Thank goodness, we haven't had any come in because of COVID deaths. <laughs> But um, we've had some passings away of more older, you know, older uh, senior citizens. And at the moment, it is just um, leaving the country and having to downscale financially or financial crises due to the COVID pandemic that we're living in. That makes a lot of sense. I, I heard, a, I saw a video of a story about, apparently France has a very big problem with both cats and dogs that people just sort of they either move to France for like two months and then they're like, oh, but I want a cat, and then they get a cat, and then they just move away and kind of leave it in the apartment. We actually rescued a chow, I think it was about 10 years ago from the SPCA, where people moved out of their house and literally just left the dog in the yard. Like, the house was standing empty for sale and the neighbors started hearing this dog sort of crying over and over again, and when they realized that people had moved out, they jumped over the wall and realized like, this poor dog is starving in the yard. We, in fact, have just recently had a scenario like that where it, in fact, was a non-pug and um, it, was, it was like a, a Yorkie and also um, people had moved and just left the Yorkie. I can't imagine And that. Yeah, the neighbours had said that they'd left and they left the Yorkie behind. The Yorkie was living in like really tall grass, no food, no water, nothing. 
So in scenarios like that, we take them in. We, the SPCA is made aware that we have them. Hmm. And then we have to hold them for seven days to see if someone's going to come about. But obviously, if they do suddenly pitch up and say, well, that was my dog, um, the, the dog's not just automatically given back to them. Hmm. So, you know, like, why did this happen? But yes, it happens. Abandonment of animals happens. And I think you'll see more of those cases um, that the SPCA, in fact, deals with many of those cases, mm. abandonment. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of rescue organizations are concerned with, and and I know a lot are kind of like gearing up for this, is a lot of people have got animals and not really thinking about an animal is a 12 to 14 year, sometimes a 16, 17 year commitment. Mm. And a lot of people have been working from home and suddenly now what do they get? They need a pet, they need a pet to keep them company. So once they start going, once life gets back to normal, which it has at some stage got to get back to normal, even if it's not the normal that we, we knew a year ago. <laughs> no, the new normal. Um, the new normal, are they still going to be committed to those animals? Mm. And what about the separation anxiety that's going to happen with those animals? Because now they've been used to having somebody around all day. I was about to say, that's the other side that I don't think a lot of people would understand. Yeah. But that dog that we, we picked him up from the SPCA and heard about the history and everything. And there was some definite, like he definitely had some trauma, um, especially when it came to food. He was very, like he was a little, the loveliest dog, most playful, wouldn't harm anyone. But when it came to food, he could become a little bit, yeah. like we had to sort of rehabilitate him over quite a long period. Um, and it could have been so easily avoided. Like even if you can't take care of the dog anymore, just take him straight to a rescue exactly. leaving him at the house. Exactly. And you know the sad thing is that an animal can't speak. Mm. So you have to observe them and you have to make up your own story of what possibly could have happened to them. You know, the, the sad thing with us is often we get pugs that come into pug rescue and there's, even though there's been no, there's no abuse, it's pugs are bred to be companion animals. Mm. So when we rehome them, we're very, very careful with rehoming. So we might not rehome as many as maybe some other organizations are rehoming as far as numbers, but because we breed specific, we very much are tuned into what that breed needs. Mm. And pugs are companion animals. They're in your space all the time. And if you don't like them being in your space all the time, then don't get a pug. Yeah. And the sad thing is we'll find pugs that um, arrive at pug rescue and then we, the doors are open, you must come inside and they'll just stand there. They're too afraid to, to step a foot inside the house. So you know that this particular pug was never allowed indoors. You know, whereas mm. others will come there and the first thing they do is shoot into the house and it's like, hello, here I am on the couch. You know? <laughs> and you're kind of like, no, okay, this animal, this particular pug was very much a companion in the home. Mm. So, yeah, and I think, that, I think what a lot of people don't do is they see this cute puppy and they, they just buy it. It's, it's like, you know, it's this like spur of the moment. It's, yeah. I'm buying it because it's beautiful and my kids want, you know, and I think huskies are, a husky breed very much as one of those. What's more beautiful than a fluffy husky with blue mm. eyes? And they're very attention demanding. But what does that animal need? It's fine when they're little puppies and as they grow up, they're not getting exercise, they're becoming destructive. And then, and then what happens? It's the poor dog's fault, mm. not the human. But the human should never have got the husky. I always say, I'd get a husky if I was a runner. Because yeah. what better than going to run with a husky? But if I'm a couch potato, husky's not the breed for me. Then get a pug. Because mm. a pug will couch, will, will just um, park off on the couch with you all day and eat along with you all day, you know? So one has to be so aware of the breed that you decide to get at the end of the day. Mm. I feel I'm very lucky with 
sort of the way I was raised, my parents especially are very, very like conscientious when it comes to animals and how you treat them. And I, I was, when I was born, our family sort of moved to a plot just outside of uh, Bloemfontein. Yeah. So then we had like a sheepdog and a, I think two bouviers. Um, there were great dogs on the farm, especially. Oh, and a Ridgeback, which was, he was probably like, it's the biggest puppy in the world. Exactly, but that's awesome. You know, they're large breed dogs, there's a lot of space for them to run around mm. and they can have a whale of a time. And then we moved, when we moved into the city, the first dog we got there was a Chow, which happened to be the best decision we could have made because that, that dog, like in terms of personality, in terms of their traits, just fit our lives exactly, was the best thing that we could have. Well, you'll be pleased to know at Pug Rescue, we also have a Chow with a dash or something else in. Mm. And because, you know, we are Pug Rescue, but we also have a quite a large outreach program that we take veterinary care into Davidson. Okay. And um, so we, we're not a rescue center. We don't really rescue the animals out of there. So if the animals, unless it's a pug or a small breed that we can accommodate, mm. we would then need to either use the SPCA or other rescue organizations to take in the large breeds. But we specifically take veterinary care and with a primary focus on getting permission to sterilize the animals. And the one day we were packing up and there was this like child looking dog just hanging around. And we kept saying, who does this dog belong to? Everybody else has gone home. Mm. Oh. And the guy said, it's just hanging around in the open field that doesn't belong to anybody. So he picked it up and took it to Pug Rescue and said to the guys, look, if anybody's looking for their dog, just, you know, here's my number. He's at Pug Rescue. Well, it's about two years now and no one's been looking for, for her. So we named her Charity. <laughs> so we got Charity running around at Pug Rescue as well. So... So, they're yeah. the loveliest animals though. No, they're lovely. They really are lovely. Mm, we had like the first one we got, his name was Buddy. But okay. he, we used to joke and say he was born a grandpa. Because oh, yes. <laughs> like if he, if he could smoke a pipe, he would be sitting would on the porch with a pipe, pipe. all day. Yeah. But he was so smart. Like we had a sort of like an L-shaped house. And if there was someone in the bedroom here and no one in the rest of the house, he'd be sitting in front of that bedroom's door. And if there was someone in this bedroom and someone on this corner of the house, he'd be on the edge so he could see down both sides. Oh. He was always just in the corner of the room. He was a little bit of protective as well, I suppose. Very, very protective. But um, the other thing about Charles that I love so much, sorry, I know it's a pug rescue thing, but I do yeah, love the Charles. They, if a child barks, you know something's wrong. Yeah. They don't bark at random people walking down the road. They bark at someone who's inside your mm. yard kind of thing. And the other scary thing is I found out um, when a child wants to attack you, they don't bark, they don't make noise, they just go. They just go for you. I snuck in one evening when I was a teenager, a little bit late, and then I was like walking around the house and I didn't hear any barking or anything. I just heard this like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> he just came around the corner, I'm like, buddy, buddy, buddy. It's like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. no, that was quite a, quite a scary encounter. <laughs> um, I've actually recently started, since I moved to Joburg, I've been living in sort of um, like small cottages at the back of people's houses and stuff and I really really wanted to have like that sort of companionship like I, I got a hamster and it just didn't fill that role at all doesn't feel like they really have a, an emotional connection so I was like okay cool all my housemates have cats um, I'm probably going to be living in relatively small spaces for quite a while so so a cat would be better yeah let me get a cat and now oh, cats are also amazing they're amazing we have in fact we have four cats at Pug Rescue as well oh really how are they with the dogs um, so they have their own space. Mm. The, the dogs have their space, and the cats have their space, and they don't they don't mix with each other. Okay. So yeah, the cats have one part of the house, and the the whole big driveway area, and the the pugs have the rest of the the property. So mm. they don't really intermingle. <laughs> Were they also rescues? Yes, all rescues. Three out of Davyton, 
and one just arrived at a property that my husband owned previously. She just arrived there the one day and never left. So she had freedom to come and go as she pleased and she never left. So years later, when um, he sold the property, she just moved into the into the house with us. So That's we have great. four rescued cats and we have a rescued bunny and a rescued chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had the story of two friends of mine in Bloemfontein. So these two girls, they were at a braai and they met each other for the first time. And they were sitting chatting about, um, like talking about, oh, both of them have a cat that just came and started visiting them randomly and sort of moved into their house. But they both said like, they kept talking and they're like, okay, three or four days out of the week, she'd come chill and then she'd mission away and then she'd come back the next week. And they, as they were talking, they sort of started realizing, oh, it's the same cat. So the cat was living between the Between houses. the houses. Those <laughs> are cats, cats are so independent. They're a strange one. They're also very unique. They are, um, and they can be. They can be loving, but on their terms. Yeah, it's purely on their terms. So my first cat was. She was also rescued out of Bloemfontein. She, um, her, her mother, like her whole sort of troop, got attacked by a dog, and I think just the mom got killed, but the kitten survived. And then they were sort of given away as rescues, and I took her in. And she's, I like to sort of say, she almost has PTSD. Like she's mm-hmm. the sweetest thing in the world, but she's incredibly anxious of anything and anyone um, but so loving though as well but she doesn't like to be held it's another thing we do as well is that we um despite us being pug rescue we do assist a trap neuter and release organization with sterilizing um the feral cats mm. so we do that at our cost and uh yeah so they they trap we sterilize and then they release again so, how do you trap a cat uh I think it takes a long time to do it, but they've got, um, they've got traps. So they'll go out and put the traps out and they put food. So they also feed them. So I think what happens is, I mean, the way I would do it is you wouldn't feed them the day before. Yeah. So that the day that you do get there, you then put the food in the trap and they go into the trap and then the trap just Oh, so it's closed. like a cage, it just shuts. Yeah, so it just mm. closes. And you've got them trapped. And then we basically sterilize them and then they go back out. They get released again. Crazy. My girlfriend yeah. used to... I don't know if you know a place called Bounty Hunters in Melville? Mm-mm, I don't. Uh, it's like a charity shop. She takes care of a lot of the feral cats in Melville and tries okay. to rehabilitate them as well and sort of make them domesticated. And she's always looking for volunteers as well to come and sort of play with the little feral kittens yes. and try and get them used to humans. Um, but it's quite a... It's a very difficult thing with feral cats. Um, I don't really, like for a lot of them, I don't think you'd ever really domesticate them. No, you won't. If they, the, I think it's very, very difficult. You're not going to, I think if you, if you get the kittens as little, little kittens and you mm. raise them, then you're okay. You'll be able to do that. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I really don't have that much knowledge to be able to make much comment about feral cats, but mm. um, we just, I feel very sorry for them. So we just make sure we assist in, in sterilizing them. Mm. So with the pugs, like, has there been any sort of particularly special ones that have stood out and just almost caught you off guard? I mean, I know you said you have like 250 a year. <laughs> there have been. So we've had, we had one that came in a few years ago. Um, we were having a fundraiser at Pug Rescue and I received a call and they picked her up on the highway going to Krugersdorp. Mm. And they asked whether they could bring her. And I said, of course, she's a pug. You can bring her in. And they brought her in like a little dog cage. And... We still had, you know, um, supporters of the fundraiser around. And as I opened it and, and I picked her up out of it, I just looked at her and I just went, oh my God, what did they do to you? 
and we had grown men crying when they saw this pug she was in such a terrible terrible state we had to phone the vet to come in straight away had to remove her eye um, and we then got her back into pug rescue after she got the vet care she needed and we just started um, just making her better mm. and unfortunately some of the growths that she had on her were mast cells and despite us giving her all the treatment that we could she she passed away because the the mast cell the blast from the mast cell actually went into her blood but we named her princess our promise to her was that we're going to turn you into a princess you know you look really bad now but we're going to turn you into a princess which we did um the day she died she was a beautiful beautiful pug despite only having the one eye but mm. she was quite a sick little girl and we actually had to end up sending her to heaven so that was Princess Who Always Stand Out. And then we have another very, very special pug. His name is Pickle. <laughs> and he is Pickle the Dwarf Pug. So he's been with us for eight years. Mm. And eight years ago, he was being sold on junk mail. And at first for 500 Rand, and one of our supporters was watching what was going down. And the next thing, he was 200 Rand. So she phoned him and she phoned the guy selling him and she bought him for 200 Rand mm. and said, you know, would you take him in? And I said, of course we take him in, we pug rescue. And she then, I said, but take him straight to the vet so he can get sterilized and vaccinated. And which she did, because I was still running my business at that point in time. Mm. And she said to me, he's the tiniest little thing. I've never seen a pug this small. And when I went to fetch him from the vet, his head was like normal size, but not the rest of his body. <laughs> So we then uh, took him to the specialist vet, mm -hmm. and he is a medically diagnosed skeletal dwarf. What? So yeah, he has dwarfism. That's crazy. And then a few years after that, he was diagnosed with, um, with diabetes. But we believe that he's about 10 years old now, and he is, everybody loves him. Not, uh, many people in the world know about him. In fact, we'll have people that actually come from overseas and they make a special trip to Pug Rescue just to come and meet Pickle the Dwarf Pug. That's insane. So, yeah, and he's celebrating on the 27th, he's celebrating his eighth, his eighth gotcha day. So, so gotcha is, so in rescue there's a thing as gotcha day. Mm. So we don't know what your birthday is, but we know the year, we, we know when we got you. Yeah. So they turn it into not a birthday, but a gotcha day. <laughs> so we've had him for eight years, and he very much is a legend at Pug Rescue. You know, most people know about Pickle. People come there, and it's like, where's Pickle? Where's Pickle? Can I meet Pickle? Can I meet Pickle? And Pickle's just this little, this tiny little thing. I mean, normally pugs weigh about between eight and nine kilos, and Pickle only weighs four kilos. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So he's being a skeletal dwarf. His bones, the length of his bones are half or less than half the size that they should be. But um, he's very, very much loved little boy at Pug Rescue. So how big is he about? He's about this big. <laughs> so you hold him, you can hold him like this and he's got this round little tummy. Great. But the head's like normal size. So the head and the first two vertebrae in his neck are normal size. The rest of the bones are <laughs> half or less than half the size. But he always has a bit of a distended tummy because um, the my understanding is that all his internal organs are still normal size, uh -huh. but in this little compact body. Mm. So he almost looks like a smart car. <laughs> it's like a smart car. We, we uh -huh. want to get a smart car for pickles so that this little 
compact pickle and a compact mm. smart car. I'm also like picturing those, you get those sort of small plushies where the head is always way bigger yes. than the body. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all pickle. But I mean, he keeps going, he's a cheeky little thing. Um, smallest pug, but probably the cheekiest little pug we have a pug rescue, but mm. everybody loves pickle. That seems to be quite a trend with dogs, the smaller they are, the yes. cheekier they get. Um, so I don't know how much you know about sort of the history of pugs, but I've written down some facts. <laughs> Throw them at me. That I want to... Yeah. I found them super interesting. I want to hear sort of another take on it as well. But I didn't know that they went so far back. So apparently pugs are sort of dated back to 440 BCE. It's possible because when you look at, when you look at photographs of pugs then versus pugs now, they don't even look like the same dog. Oh, really? They don't. So what's changed? Um, so they've gone a lot smaller, more compact, and flat faces. Mm. So the, a pug is a man-made breed, so they've taken a bit of, I believe it's a mastiff. Mm. They took, there's some mastiff in the pug as well. So they've taken from breeds and compacted it down to where it is. The sad thing is that pugs have a lot of health problems mm. and we see that coming through because it's a man-made breed. And those health problems sometimes are really, really sad. And as much as I love the breed and We've sacrificed a lot for the breed. I'll be the first person to sign to have them bred out mm. because I love them so much. Is it um, almost the same as bulldogs with the breathing issues? Breathing issues, mm. major breathing issues. I've it's got a friend. Very sad. He's got like four. I think they have four pugs. Yeah. But one of them is he can't take a breath without like sort of snorting. Mm. Um, and it's it's funny and everything when you hear it and he's a very cute dog but it's sort of sad to think about that like yeah it's, always it's a, a lot of problems a lot of health problems mm. so throw some other facts at me so um apparently buddhists monks used to keep them in the monasteries they possibly could because they were also they were also bred as um chinese um royal mm, yeah. lap dogs that was the next one the yes. Chinese emperors kept them and treated them like royalty yeah. yes yes then also do you know the term for a group of pugs yes it's a grumble <laughs> <laughs> i found that perfect um and do you know the origin of the name at all um my understanding is that pug in a language and i'm not sure if it's a chinese language actually is monkey face I did also read that one. Yes. This one says they, um, sorry, this, this feels like it's turned into a test now. It's really not a test. <laughs> um, but it said they got that their name from marmosets in the 18th century. So possibly because marmoset is a monkey mm, and but, monkey face. Oh, that, of course. Monkey I thought face. a marmoset was a rodent. Yes. Um, yeah, because they said some yes. of the facial features. Because we often call, we, um, our, our sort of um, pet name for pugs is come here monkey faces. <laughs> and they are, if you actually kind of like do this, it does look like a little monkey's face. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were actually walking on when Chow when he was sort of young, and I think it was Jeffrey's Bay, these sort of young kids walked past us and they were like, look, 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 they have a baby bear. <laughs> I, I like baby them. bears when they're little. It's the ears, mm, Yeah. Um, this one was crazy. So there was apparently a secret fraternal group of Roman Catholics called the Order of the Pug. Okay, I didn't know that. And the reason it was founded was because the Catholic Church didn't allow people to join the Freemasons. So it was kind of the Catholic equivalent to the Freemasons. And they named it after the order, of, or they named it the Order of the Pug. 
because of how loyal and um, what was that the word? That's interesting. Uh, loyal and trustworthy pugs. Okay, were. so I learned something new today. Also, to join, <laughs> members were expected to prove their devotion by kissing the rear end of the grand pug under his tail. <laughs> <laughs> also, luckily, the grand pug was porcelain. Um, but other wacky habits included wearing dog collars, scratching at the large door for entry, and barking loudly. <laughs> Which I, I did not expect that from any Catholic. <laughs> uh, then the next one, Napoleon's wife had a pug. Yes. Who she was very protective of, yes. and he apparently didn't approve of Napoleon. <laughs> Yes. According to them, the first time, like the pug always used to sleep in her bed, and the first time Napoleon slept in the bed with the pug and her, it straight bed him on the leg. But then, did he not also? Did the pug not also warn him about a a potential attack and saved his life? Very possibly, yes. they didn't go that far. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. I didn't know they were so like ingrained in history. It's also before the corgis became the sort of royal. Dark Queen Victoria was a very yes, big lover of yes. pugs. Yes, and um, Wallace Simpson and whoever her, the one that abdicated, and they had pugs as well. So, and I think the House of Orange in the Netherlands also have pugs. Crazy. Hence Mopsalt. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did read that one somewhere. So what's your, I'm quite interested to hear from someone who's sort of in the more rescue and helping side. Like, what's your view on sort of dog shows and like, almost judging animals but and I know they say that the perfect pug has like a double loop on the tail like what do you think of those kinds of things <sighs> I don't think that any dog should be judged for um, what it looks like that's my opinion because and I'm sure that those that, that show dogs will, will feel differently um, sometimes one hears about <laughs> the politics that goes on in, in these shows as well and sometimes it doesn't sound as if it's that pleasant and I'm just not, I'm a rescuer. Mm. I'm a rescuer. So, you know, um, animals should be loved for who they are, irrespective of what the default or defect or whether it's a mixed breed or a fancy pure breed that you import from wherever. I'm a rescuer. Mm. No, I fully agree. Yeah. Also, some of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen have been mixes. Actually, yes. the most beautiful dog we ever owned by far was a like a golden chow cross with a husky and it, it sort of had the body structure of a husky but the a little bit shorter than a normal chow's but a chow's tail and a chow's fur and the purple tongue and everything yes. it was the most beautiful dog but sadly she passed after i think she just turned eight and then she had a brain aneurysm which was it's very sad yeah, that was a very horrible experience it's very sad um no but mixed mixed dogs are always sort of a thing i, I, I just like animals with a bit of character <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, you know we, we also sometimes, I remember once, I, we had someone who came to adopt a pug and every pug that came out, she found a problem with the pug. No matter how beautiful the pug was, she found a problem. And I remember tapping her on the shoulder and saying, just as well, you and I aren't up for adoption because nobody would want us either, would they? <laughs> and suddenly it was like, mm -hmm. you know, and that is why I just have a thing. You don't judge people and you don't judge, you know, you also don't judge animals. Yeah. No, that's true. My sister went to, um, I don't think since I've been alive, our family hasn't actually bought a dog. We've always adopted. Um, but they went to, just after she got married and sort of moved into her own house, they were like, okay, cool. Um, we want to get our own dog. So they went to the SPCA and they found this little, like tiny little skinny thing. It almost like a chihuahua body shape, but she looked like a fox, like out of a cartoon. Yeah. She was just the most beautiful thing. And as soon as they took her out of the cage, it's like, 
same size, same sort of body shape, but it better not look like the same dog. It almost had Yorkie hair, like a scruffy little thing, just absolutely lost it as soon as they took her out. And they're like, okay, we cannot leave him here. They're obviously together. Yeah. Um, so they took both of them and then the little scruffy guy ended up being everyone's favorite anyway. It happens, we see it. Um, <clears throat> we had the vet come out to come and check up on some of the new arrivals on Friday. Mm. And we also had a, 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 a pair of pugs that came in. And um, we just had them where the vet was working. We had like a pen. So we had them both in the pen and when the little girl was picked up now for the vet to check, the little boy was like not happy. It was like, <laughs> he was like up and he was like, what are you doing with her? Don't take her away. And, mm. and sadly, she's potentially gonna have to go in for surgery. So um, she's going to honor support next week for a, a consult. So I'm not sure what he's gonna do when she's away from him for a while, because if she gets the surgery that we believe she needs to have, she's going to have to have cage rest as well which means she's going to be away from him for a while mm. so we're just going to have to see how this pans out and then maybe cage rest them both together I don't know <laughs> <laughs> cool so um, unless you have anything else you'd like to add uh, kind of the last thing I wanted to ask was how can people get involved how can people help um, what do you guys need the most so we obviously always need money because we have bills to pay so mm. whether it be vet bills buying food cleaning material, paying staff, and we always have bills to pay. Albeit that if um, individuals are wanting to buy um, cleaning material and and the correct food, because we do feed our pugs um, hills, mm. we don't believe that because they are rescues that they must just get whatever the cheapest food is going around because they still need to have a nutritious meal. Whatever people are donating to us, since spares up the money that we get from fundraising to be able to pay the other bills mm. and also they can contact us to get involved with um, with volunteering obviously we don't do volunteering seven days a week it is sort of uh, defined times which very much is on a Saturday morning and Malcolm deals with volunteers mm -hmm. and then just spreading the word of um, choosing to adopt and sterilizing animals and ensuring that just within their own family and friends they advocate for sterilization and not to have these backyard breeders come about and these oops litters. If they spend time in rescue centers, and I think more so in an SPCA, mm. and you see the tragedy of what happens with animals, just sterilize, 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 sterilize. If, if everybody could just sterilize their animals, they have no idea the impact that that would make on rescue organizations. Mm. Amazing. Um, and then, for anyone considering possibly adopting a pug, what would you, like words of encouragement, words of warning, like what would you sort of So the first thing, the first thing would be is when anybody phones me and they want to, they inquire about adopting, the first thing I say to them, have you ever owned a pug? And if they say no, then I'll tell them all about a pug. And in fact, my sales manager once said to me, are you trying to put people off owning a pug? And I said, no, they just need to know what they're in for. Hmm. So they don't have any surprises later. So they need to do their homework on the breed. They need to understand that the breed is an inside dog. Mm. And um, then we are very strict. And we have had some, you know, we've had some bad comments on, on Facebook that we are very strict with our rehoming policy. And yes, we are, because those animals are, you know, wh whomever it is that surrenders their pugs to us, they've entrusted those pugs to us and entrusted that we're going to do the best for those animals. Mm. And we do do the best for those animals. And while they're living at Pug Rescue, they live a very, very good life. They eat good food, they get all the veterinary care that they need, they get cared for really, really well. So for us, to get them to leave Pug Rescue, 
they need to move to something better than what we're already offering them. Mm. So we are very, very strict. So we have rehomed many, many pugs. We've also turned many homes down. And then people will get upset with us. But at the end of the day, we want what's best for the pug. And we want a long-term happy family and happy pug. Mm-hmm. So, and if, if people are interested in adopting, they need to go to the website, which is pugrescue.co.za, complete an adoption application. We then do do a very strict home inspection. And the last question to anybody who does a home inspection is, will you be happy if your pug lived in this home? And if the answer is no, we do not approve the home. So, you know, maybe that home is not right for a pug. Maybe that home is right for another breed. Mm. Um, but maybe just, just not for a pug. A pug. Pugs are extremely sensitive animals. They cannot have access to, to swimming pools and open ponds. Pugs will drown. Mm. They we have fall. the same problem with chows because they yeah. get too heavy because of their fur. Yes, and they can't as they fall out. into a pool, they sink to the bottom. Mm. And then you'll have some people say, oh, well, my pug can swim. Yeah, I also had a pug that could swim because he had hip dysplasia and he went for therapy, so they taught him to swim. Other pugs aren't taught to swim. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no access to, to um, uncovered swimming pools, uncovered pools. Pugs also don't know how to get themselves out of the way of a moving car. Um. And we always say, you know, pugs won't even know how to find themselves how to find their way back home and they can be three doors down the road yeah. so when people phone us and they say my pug's gone missing we say just check in the street check with the neighbors and very often that's where they are because and they just don't know how to get themselves home <laughs> they maybe they smell food in the neighbor's mm. house and they stay because pugs are very food orientated mm. so and or in any breed that you're going to get any breed whether it be a pug whatever breed it is do your homework before you get the breed do your homework and know what the long-term um, needs of that animal is going to be so that it's a happy household and that animal lives in that house until the day it dies and doesn't end up finding itself at the age of one, two, three, four, five um, in a rescue center or God forbid, you know, be put to sleep mm. through no fault of the dog. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's yeah. always the, the tangent is like yeah. all these sad things. It's never the dog. It's never fault. the dog. But it's the dog that suffers for it. Exactly. And the dog always pays the price. Mm. You know, you hear, oh, the, you know, the dog, it's like uh, we've had pugs come in, oh, the pug bit my child. Pugs don't bite. What did the child do? Was the pug trying to protect itself? Mm. We say, well, did the pug actually bite the child? No. <laughs> I just got to rest my case. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Uh, Joe, thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you I, so much. I learned a lot. I very, very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Uh, we'll have everything linked down in the description where you can help support Pug Rescue. And yeah, we'll... Good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much.